Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery, Season 2, Episode 12, College Novel by Blake Middleton. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Uh, oh no. I am having an identity crisis. Uh, it's your boy, um, Bobby. Bobby. It's your boy, Bobby. It's your boy, Bobby. Bob, we got a special episode tonight because before we talk about College Novel, we have an interview that we just did with the author, Blake Middleton. Made plans to go hang out with him in Jacksonville. Yeah, it was uh, a good time. Seemed like a very uh, nice fella. Anything to say in advance that people should know before we do the interview? No. All right, here it is. Welcome to How to Win the Lottery. This is a this is a treat, Bob. This is our first. Should we say first? I mean, it's exciting. Sure. Yeah. Our first author interview. Yeah. For the I'm novel psyched. college novel, we have Blake Milton. Hello, Blake. Hello. How are y'all? Good. How are you? So this is the first one. You're the first person we've asked. So it's not like people have said no. <laughs> we just reached out to you, and I was just like, I don't know if we should tell Blake that like you're the first one. I'm like, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I feel because we we've we've read books from dead authors, so they're out of the game. We got kind of roasted by Pamela Ahrens on Twitter because we said that she wasn't as good a writer as Philip Roth, <laughs> and she was like, uh, 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 she she was nice about it, but seemed a little mad too. I don't know who's who is that. Oh, she wrote a a, a book called uh, No, who's Virgins, Philip Roth? Which is, oh, Philip. No, Roth. I'm just Philip kidding. Roth who's is, the first? One? Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I feel, uh, I feel... Uh, Bob is rattled. Yeah. He usually roasts me. He's not used to getting roasted on the show, so... It's, no, I'm not roasted. I'm glad you're here, Blake. You're leveling the game. You're leveling the playing field. I, I, I kind of, like, wish that you didn't know who Philip Roth was. That would have been, like... <laughs> that would have that been the whole podcast, you guys. Just yeah, like, we, we have a savant. <laughs> we have a savant with us. This guy's never read anything. But I do want to say... So, like, what, what I like about... Before we... I mean, I, I like your... I like College Novel, but before that, I like your Twitter handle. It's not my favorite this season. My favorite is Elif Bottomont's Banana Carenida. I just... I can't stop saying that because I think that's just a wonderful <laughs> Twitter handle. But I do want to ask the first question. Bob has actual questions for you, but your Twitter handle is from college novels. So, like, have you become a character in this book? Yeah, I am, Del Mahoney. Cool. That's you. Steady, steady diet of, like, uh, strictly, like, coleslaw on hot dogs and, like, uh, <laughs> really cheap beer. <laughs> yeah. So I are you're in Florida right now, right? You said Jacksonville? Yeah, I'm in. I've been in. I've been in Jacksonville for a minute now. Yeah. Are Are you from Florida originally? Um. So I was born in Texas, and I I don't remember living there. I was like a baby, and then I lived in Chattanooga, or like right outside of Chattanooga, in this really small town called um, Regal, Georgia, for like ten years, and then I moved down to St. Augustine when my dad got a job for Crowley. It's like a shipping company up in Jacks, and then. Went to college in Jacksonville, and I've been here since then, yeah. I haven't been... I, I was in Jacksonville in 1994 for a national karate tournament, <laughs> and I have not been back since. Were you participating in the karate tournament? I sure was. Uh, uh, gold medal in Kumite, baby. Oh, I was sure. the. I, I was the best thirteen-year-old uh, fighter in America for for a short period for one year. So you could definitely kick my ass. Uh, how how old are you? I'm 28. You're 28. Okay, so uh, there's, there's no way he could kick your ass. No, <laughs> no, but in 1994, I could kick your ass. Yeah, well, I would have been you, like were... one year old. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe yeah. not, or maybe not even born yet. 
There was like 14 days. There was like 14 days in 1994 where I wasn't even like born yet. No, no, no. This was in the summer of 1994. So you would have been oh, a six okay. month old baby. So you would have been six months old. I would have been the toughest 13 year old in America. <laughs> well, I was, I was a yellow, I was a yellow belt actually by the time I was six months old. Six months. Yeah. Okay. I let, let me see what I, I was. Yeah. I think I was probably, uh, I want to say a blue belt. I want to see belt. this fight. I pro my my parents probably have it on. Uh, my parents probably videotaped it. So I wait. Can, how old are I, you? How old are you now? I'm 38. You're still young. You could you could definitely still kick my ass if you wanted. To. <laughs> you know what I want to do genuinely is I want to go down to Jacksonville. I want to go to a Jaguars game and I want you guys to fight in the parking lot. And loser has to go home. But the winner comes with me to see the Jacksonville. No, or maybe the loser has to see the Jaguars. It depends if they're good or not. I don't want to fight anybody, man. We'll have to go to one in like July when it's like 110 degrees in the stadium, <laughs> and then we'll we'll yeah. we'll oh, drink yeah. uh, ten Jag lights each, and then we'll have our fight. Jag lights? Yeah. Is that like a local delicacy? I'm not sure if that's a real beer. No, I used to work at a restaurant <laughs> where we where we had beers called Jag lights, but they're about to demolish that place, so we'll just have to drink. Miller Lite. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. I, I love a I love a lukewarm Jag Light in a, in a 112 degree, 100% humidity. When I was in Michigan, I went to see a Wolverines game and I was drinking Bud Light, but it had the Lions logo on the can, which made it both better and worse. I'm just like, this is cool, but also like, it. I don't know. I don't want like NFL memorabilia on my cheap beer that I'm drinking yeah. at seven o'clock in the morning before as I'm tailgating before a college game. But, you know. You guys thought you were starting a literary podcast, but no, you're you you've started a beer and football podcast. Well, it's like, I mean it's a Jacksonville podcast. We want to we want to talk about all the all the cool Jacksonville stuff. I mean the the truth of this Blake is that the more interesting stuff is the the stuff on the Patreon where it it doesn't go out to the main feed. We have very few Patreon subscribers, but it's better, it's funnier, it's more interesting, it's more entertaining. This is going to go out to the world. So everybody's going to hear this, but uh, the better stuff is behind the paywall. So like and that's where we talk less about books. So the farther we get from books, the better the show is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I do. I, I have I have an actual question about Florida, though, okay. which is um, and, and like your, uh, you know, writing as 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 a writer who's from Florida, writing in Florida, kind of about Florida. Is that like, are you at all conscious of being a regional writer in any way? Um, no, I haven't, haven't really thought about being a writer in, <laughs> like at all. And the last is there something that I, I, I haven't like been. When you guys hit me up for this, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I <laughs> did that at one point. Or, like, I still do it, but I've just been focused on other things. So it's, like, it's it's cool that you guys hit me up. Yeah. Um, I Like, I because I think of, like, I, I feel like there's, like, a national identity with Florida. You know, the, your, your quote-unquote, like, Florida man stories, et cetera. And those seem to be, like... Uh, are you are you peeing right now? What's going on? Sorry, I was pouring wine. <laughs> He's classing up the joint. Yeah, no, I, I I knew you weren't peeing because it was like a glug 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 <laughs> sound, and that would if it was that'd be a very we we'd have other issues. Yeah, I would I would have to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I guess like uh, you know Florida has this national identity of. Uh, being a certain type of way. And I feel like the characters in college novel, they're kind of like that, but they're also not like, cause they, they in, engage in, in sort of, uh, debaucherous activities, debaucherous activities, but they're, they're also like, 
I feel like the title college novel shields them from like being quote unquote Florida man. Um, does that make sense at all? Yeah, I can see that. Is, is, is Florida man a thing that exists? Do you, do you, do you think that there's like a Floridian identity out there? I don't know. I feel like there's Florida guys. Like I know a lot of like dishwashers that I work with that are like Florida guys, you know, like Florida men guys. I'm not, I'm, you know, it's like a pretty big city. Like everyone's pretty normal. Well, I feel like there's like this juxtaposition of like whatever, like the central Florida I, I, idea is of like dudes with like uh, gators and uh necklaces that have teeth on them but then there's also like the spring break florida florida man is like this mixture of those of those two things and and i don't know i was wondering about the context of like a college novel where presumably not everyone uh is from florida who goes to college in florida obviously so so it's like this weird mixture of worlds yeah people don't really come to like spring break in jackson though and there's also not a lot of like like there's some like hillbillies out here a little bit, but not. I live in like the I live in like the downtown area, and I like very rarely leave the same like twenty block radius. <laughs> yeah, I hear. That. I mean, there are there are so many hillbillies in New Jersey, but it's like you don't hear about that with New Jersey because it's like it's all like the Sopranos is the pop culture representation that we get. Yeah, we're the butt of like eight different jokes. <laughs> it's like the Jersey Shore, it's the Sopranos. No, you guys have some legends. We do. Danny DeVito, for one. Danny DeVito's <laughs> from the, Jersey? Hell yeah, he is. I mean, Danny DeVito's film company is Jersey Films, right? They produced uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Have you guys ever listened to uh, this band called Titus Andronicus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They went yeah. to my college. He's from Jersey. He yeah. sings about Pastic Jersey a lot. To, He went to my college. Yeah, it's awesome. No shit. That's tight. Yeah. I drove, That's my college I drove down to Miami when they went on tour to go see him. My buddy, it was crazy. He played at a Churchill's, like a le- kind of like a legendary, like little punk rock spot. And there was only like it was a one, it was like a Monday night, but there was only like fifteen or twenty people there. It was super fun. That's awesome. I would love to see like small concerts like that are better than big concerts. Like when you can actually get like right up on the band, like that's and just like you're a part of the music. I think that's cool. It's a, it's weird though, like seeing because Titus Andronicus does like sing a lot of songs about New Jersey. So mm. like I feel like seeing them not in New Jersey, not in New Jersey, would feel like a a strange a strange thing, I guess. Unless you're from New Jersey, then, then it might feel like you're home. It was weird seeing a punk band in Miami because it's mostly like a like a lot of like a lot of electronic like dance music down there. Yeah, there was a there was a band called what was it called Black Tide? I think there were like these like fourteen year old kids who started a metal band like ten years ago. They're like, we just hate gasolina music and we just want to do something different. <laughs> so like they were good, but like it was mostly because like they were these like fourteen year old metal kids in a world filled with gasolina. So it's just like, you know, you, you, you sort of rebel against what's there, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense too. That leads me into another question that I kind of had. So, so I was thinking when I was thinking of you as a regional writer, as someone that writing about Florida from Florida, like I was thinking because I didn't think that that was true necessarily because I don't like it. It didn't feel to me like you were necessarily writing about Florida specifically, but you are writing about like such a specific cultural demographic insofar as like you talk about Pat the Bunny and Choking Victim and. Uh, Jimmy Eat World, and I feel like those are all like such specific cultural references that they, I don't know, they they locate you in in uh, 
sort of like a rarefied Venn diagram. How do you how do you feel about like writing specifically about that stuff that uh, like might I, I guess alienate people? Like, how many people reading a book know who Pat the Bunny is? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I guess I just didn't think about that, like alienating people. In a sense, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's just like if if they're if they're interested, they'll look out, look for that music, and, and listen to or it. Or they could so. just wait ten pages and he talks about Kanye West and let, uh, listening to the Life of Pablo, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. there's a reference that they'll get sooner or later anyway. Sure. Yeah. In terms of like thinking of myself as like a regional writer too, I think I don't think about any of things like that. I just kind of I think I'm pretty good at just paying attention to the world or what's going on in front of my face, you know, and just writing it down. If I'm talking about, or talking about Path of Bunner or whatever, that's just because that's just what I was, what was actually we were listening to at the time. It really did kind of put me in 2015, because you talk like in the novel about like Trump and Jeb, and Jeb just with his, Jeb with the exclamation point, like Jeb was fun. Jeb would have been a different last four years or whatever, right? But It's never too late for Jeb. It's never too late for no, you. Prob- no, it guy. probably is. But no, it's definitely too late. But there's always there's always room for Jeb somewhere. <laughs> but like I do remember, like I was living in Austin the summer 2015. I remember listening to Con- listening to that Kanye album and like seeing signs around for Jeb. It it put me back in that place. And like I think that the novel is sort of like timeless in a way because it's just like kids hanging out and doing drugs and listening to good music and whatever, right? But like it's also firmly of that summer. Yeah, I don't know what got into me, but I just, well, I didn't know how to write a novel at all. But I just really wanted to, for some reason, like, capture that time period. Were you were you in college when you wrote it? Or, like, it, it, does this stuff skew close to life? Are you, are you like, uh, is this reportage? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much all just straight from real life with a few, or like a handful of things that aren't. Or weren't. Have you ever been under the influence? Uh, you don't have to say which one. We can just pretend it's alcohol <laughs> for this, but under the influence and talking to a parent about their match.com date? Because I feel like that's one of the scariest things in the novel. I'm just like, <laughs> they're just like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And like that, just reading that, just, it, I don't want to talk about that either. So is that, is that something that happened to you or to a friend? Or is that just, because that's the stuff of nightmares, truly. Wait, what is it again? It's been so long since I've. They take what was like they take shrooms, I think, and then one of their moms comes home and she's just telling them oh. about her match.com date. And yeah, just like, I can't I can't deal with this right now. That's definitely made up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's scary as hell, so I I applaud you. Yeah. That's kind of a worst case scenario. That took a lot of imagination to write that part of it. <laughs> I know you said you don't really think of yourself as a writer. Like, what what prompted you to write this? Did you say like what? Like, why write if you if you don't think of yourself as a writer? Like, where did this come from? No, I did for a long time. I just haven't uh, written or like oh, okay. thought about writing for the last like six months. We were talking before we started recording. I just started bartending, so I've just been trying to learn about all of that, like in a cocktail bar. So I've got like a lot to learn. So I just haven't thought about writing at all. Well, you're just you're working on cocktail novel. Is that that's all that means? <laughs> yeah, starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, I watched. Oh, in Uncharted, now in theaters, uh, Tom Holland is basically Tom Cruise in cocktail. He's just like flipping bottles around and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, like there's still like people out there perfecting the arts of like <laughs> what are they, there's a, there's a, there's a name for it? The flashy bartending. Is that what you, Blake? Do you flip bottles around? I'm a cocktailologist. 
Cryptologist. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a no. We don't. Bartending. No, we don't do like flare bartending. Yeah, because is that whack? That's pretty. That I, I feel like if I went to a bar and people were doing that, I would be like, yeah, not it's my really, not my bar. It's really lame. I think he like opens a beer bottle like with flare, but like you know, a couple ounces of beer go, it's like, I, I just paid like $8 for that beer. Like, I want all the beer. I don't want you to like open it flashy and like I lose some of the beer. Like, yeah. give me all the beer. No, you have to like flip the beer bottle around like three times before you pour it. Yeah, that's a jag light that you're doing that too, right? So, Wait, what movie are y'all talking about? Uh, well, we're talking about two different movies. We're talking about Cocktail with Tom Cruise, but also in that new Uncharted movie with Tom Holland based on the video game, he's a flair bartender kind of. Oh, should, should I watch either of those? Are they good? Cock- well, cocktail is fun. Bad. Nah, man, don't don't watch either of them. There's better stuff to watch. I'm gonna watch cocktail because I really fuck with Tom Cruise. And also, there's a there's a very good sex scene in that movie that is memorable. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely watch it now. Yeah. Along <laughs> uh, along similar lines, um, what's how do you how do you feel about Zach Braff? What's the deal here? <laughs> are you are you pro or anti Braff? A lot of scrubs in the book. I love Zach Braff. All right. Okay. <laughs> And I fuck with Garden State. Everyone tries to shit talk that movie, but it's a great flip. Okay. Another one of the shows on our podcast network just did a, a retrospective on Garden State, and they all loved it. I'm like, ooh, because you know, I don't, I don't want to alienate our our guest here, but I do not like Garden State. I, I saw that movie twice when it was in theaters. I like went to the theater to see it twice. If anyone listening to this doesn't like Garden State, they should stop listening. I will stop listening. <laughs> I'll still contact. I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep the interview going. Just gonna go on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think it's like Zach Braff's mom or something tripped over like the the dishwasher like flipped open or something, and so like I always make sure and like she like paralyzed or what I don't know something yeah, like right. that. Yeah, she, so she, I always make sure to close like because of that movie yeah. I make sure the dishwasher is closed every time I use it. That's the only thing that like, but that has directly impacted my life. I guess for the better. I don't know. Or, it's crazy how much of his life was determined by a quarter inch piece of plastic. <laughs> that's a that's a direct quote, right? No, like, yeah. no I don't now. like. I just think it's a really funny movie. Yeah, it's got, like it's got, hilarious. It's like I don't actually like. I mean, I loved it when I was in high school, but I just think it's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's very melodramatic. I mean, Bob's not going to beat you up with his, his Kumite gold medal. It's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't do that anyway. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that the, that the, cause the, the, there's a significant amount of brass content in the novel and I'm glad to see that all of that is uh, not cynical. It's like, very, it's good natured brass content. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing kind of feels like good natured, you know, like it doesn't feel like you're making fun of anything. It's just like these are just like the things that these kids are doing They're It's like the music that like, you know, insightful comments about Jimmy Eat World or just like watching Scrubs and like loving Scrubs and wanting to do drugs it just seems like, yeah, this is like what we're doing. And yeah. seems good. seems earnest. Uh, talking about um, uh, killing cops. Yeah. With, with uh... wedge salad. I want to kill the cop. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. who, who doesn't? <laughs> for, for whom do those thoughts not float through their head? Yeah, we're anti-cop on this show. <laughs> I don't want to kill any cops. You wrote it. We didn't. Hear it. <laughs> uh, so when when did you write um, the when did you write Natural Person in a Concrete Historical Situation? How far away is that from a college novel? I think it took like a six month period, and then I stopped writing it as soon as COVID hit mm-hmm. because I couldn't. It just seemed like a diff- it was all very different, you know. So I couldn't just keep going. So you stop you stopped writing the actual person in a concrete historical situation, and then that's it. And then and then what you have is and then I just edit started editing it for like six months. Okay, would you like? I, I guess there's an interesting like question here about like the difference between poetry and prose, and like what's going what's going on in this in this chapbook. But um, 
I don't know that I care about the differences between poetry and prose and that and that sort of thing. Do you have any thoughts on that or or I yeah, I don't really think of that as like a poem that much. You don't think of it as a poem? Not really. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I did either. But like reading this after college novel or I I read an actual person in a concrete historical situation before I read college novel. Like the the evolution of style is is like kind of interesting because it goes from being kind of dialogue heavy and uh, interactional, like like a, a lot of people are, you know, they're talking to each other and, and engaging with each other. And this one seems to be uh, this this one being the chapbook seems to be like more abstract thoughts that are like directed towards oneself. Yeah, I like tried to write another novel after that, but I just didn't have the time, you know, that novel took up like thousands of hours <laughs> of my life and I was working like full time. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't do that again. You know, it was too much. Like it was fun, like figuring out how to write a novel, but I just couldn't do it again. So I, and I I like actually had time to like do this other little thing and I was actually excited about it. It wasn't too much to deal with. Yeah. It feels in line with a couple of things that I like, like it reminded me of, uh, Darcy Wilder's literally show me a healthy person. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of uh, Dan Major's book of poetry, Party Knife, um, which I'm a big fan of both of those. So it like felt felt in line with with that stuff, which is. Oh, OK. Have you guys ever read um, any David Markson or. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that was a big influence. His, you know, this is not a novel and all those other ones. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Andrew Weatherhead wrote this book called Fifty Thousand Dollars. That was. I, I definitely would credit that one for being the reason why I started writing like that. And the little like, fragments, yeah. Yeah. And his book is way better than mine too. <laughs> Andrew Weatherhead. Okay. I'm writing it down. Um, that's actually like a, a question that I was going to ask you was, uh, cause like what we do, this is essentially what this podcast is. It's a book club, right? Like I, I create it's an ambitious book club. It's an ambitious book club. Like I create modules based on, uh, themes. So college novel fell into a sort of campus novel, um, theme. I, I put it on there because, uh, because I really liked the, the chat book. It, it fit in with the theme. So, uh, I was wondering if like, if you're, if if you created um like a, a a reading list like let's just say 3 4 5 books a middleton mini module yeah our our, our middleton mini module mmm here. um what Three books M. what books go on that and they can be like you know w- w- they could be things that were specifically influential for for college novel or whatever or just whatever your favorite you books yeah if you like college novel you'll also like these other books type yeah. of thing yeah or um, whatever i mean there's no rules you know it's anarchy yeah, so I would say people should read Zach Smith's new book. It was the only book I read in the last like year that wasn't a cocktail book, pretty much. Uh, Everything is Totally Fine. Boom House just put it out. I think it just got released. Um, I think the humor is comparable, for sure. Like, it feels... The humor in his book especially feels like very of the time, like a millennial, like sense of humor, like just very absurd. And what, what other book did Zach Smith do? He did 50 barn poems too. 50 barn poems. Okay. There's a book that I own that you mentioned in the novel. I can't, I cannot remember the name of it. Um, It could uh, be 
Matt meets Vic or that's it. That's you it. Got it. Okay, yeah. First, first shot out. Like I remember there's a cell phone on the cover and I think it might be out of print now, but I happen to have a copy of it. And when I saw it in your book, I was like, I was like, Oh, I got to remember to read that. Yeah. That book is very fucking good. I think, I think Tim has a new book coming out soon too, which is exciting. Cause he didn't, he didn't, uh, I mean, he must've released that book like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, I, I think I I forget why I picked it up. Maybe a like, maybe Blake Butler blurbed it or something like that. I think like, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like I can trust that guy. He knows, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. Okay, so we have Zach Smith. Everything is totally fine. That's one. What do you got for for a second one? Venice by T.J. Lucky is a very funny book. I would say if you like college novel, you would like that book too. It's just about him moving to Venice and. Kind of, kind of just bumming around. Is this is this Venice, California, or Venice, Italy? Venice, California. Okay, different bumming situation in California versus Italy. Yeah, I, I, I love I, I love Venice, California. That's like that. That is the best part of Los Angeles. It sounds wild. I've never been, but the way he talks about it, it sounds wild. Yeah, if if you if you ever wanted to like, he makes it kind of sound like Daytona Beach, Florida. That sounds that that sounds. And I've never been to Daytona Beach, but that sounds. Every time I go to, to Daytona like, Beach. Someone tries to like stab me or throw a bar stool at my head or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there, and there's like dudes just like standing on the top of ladders holding snakes and stuff like that. It's ri- Venice is is a wild. That's a yeah. wild place. I was just like just walking past this a bar and like this guy walked outside and he was like, "Hey, do you want to get stabbed tonight?" And I was like, "No, thank you. <laughs> I, I would rather just go back to my buddy." You said apartment. no. Yeah, I was like, no. Man, I'll, I'll, always say yes. Yeah, it was like, it was like a one-off for me. Normally, I would say yes, like, please stab me, but that, I wasn't feeling it that night. Yeah, got and then the, window. the yeah. other time I was in Daytona, I was at a gas station, and the guy was like, can I have five bucks? I want to try to buy some, some – he wanted to buy some sort of drug that I hadn't – I don't think I had heard of at the time, bath salts or something maybe. And then okay. I was like, yeah, sure. I've got like five bucks to spare. So I gave it to him, and then I was at a bar later that night. And he walked by, and I was like, "Hey, did you get your bath salts or whatever?" Whatever. And he like he looked at me, and he said, "Does it look? Did it look? Does it look like I got my bath salts?" And picked up like a plastic bar stool and threw it at my head. <laughs> wow. And this I don't is go. I don't go to Daytona to. anymore. Yeah. And then later that night, I spent like a hundred bucks on the, you know, like the slingshot thing that you sit in, and it like shoots you up. Yeah. Sure. We were uh, me and my buddy. We wrote on it the first time they were like 50 bucks. And I was like, cool. You know, that's kind of a lot. But, and he's like, you can go again for 25. And I was like, oh, half, half price, you know? And he was like, you can go again for 10. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you just kept going. <laughs> you do it long enough, they're going to start paying you. Yeah, I know. Do you think that guy that you gave them the, the money for the bath? Because this is like, as I remember it, like the original Florida man story was the bath salts guy that was like eating someone on a bridge. Yeah, it was that? like around that time too. Where I don't really know what bath salts are, but it was when they were. Me neither. So we we have a scoop here that Blake Middleton funded the original Florida Man bath salts incident. I like that. I like. I I like the idea that you were you were. I started the bath this, salts uh, epidemic. Yeah, yeah. You were you were a key investor in the in the bath salts. Campaign. You're all, you're welcome. Investor is a strange word. <laughs> Mas- mastermind's a better word, I think. All right, I like. It, I like yeah. mastermind too. Um, and what's the, what's the third book you got here? We got Zach Smith, Everything is Totally Fine, Venice by T.J. Larkey. Oh, the third. everyone should read. Uh, it's either He, He, He or He, 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 He by G.G. Rowland. I like the title. I'm sold by the title either way. 
Yeah, it's deranged. It's very funny and very tender and heartfelt too. It's just a book of poems that. Can I tell you that that I like? I know that name because, like, I I specifically remember you retweeting a uh, a, a, a like Goodreads book review of that where the guy's like. I'm a gay dude and I love dicks and this book has dicks in it. So like, if you like dicks, read this book. Do you remember that? It was not <laughs> quite worded like that. I don't think. <laughs> Bob has his own percept way that he views the world sometimes. Yeah, I'm, so. Well, you know, I... but yeah, I love Gigi. He's a, he's a dear friend. I met him on the internet and then we, and it just so happened to like clash put our books out at the same time. And I was like, Hey, do you want to go to, New York to read it. They were doing a little poetry festival, like a poetry, like on the little, what's the name of that fucking island by Manhattan? Manhattan. Governor's <laughs> Island or whatever, yeah. Governor, yeah, sure, sure. So we did the little poetry island festival. It was super fun. And then I want one more book. What's the best book about cocktails? Oh, shit. Or not the best one, but your favorite one. Like, Or what the one that taught you the most, or just an, or just the worst one. Or if, if worst one's easier, we'll take the worst one, too. I want to think about this one. I, w- I would probably start with "Imbibe" by David Wondrick. It's like Imbibe. a his- it's right. a it's a kind of like a biography on uh, Jerry Thomas, who wrote I think probably the first cocktail book, and is he's kind of like really the reason that we drink good drinks. Wow! All right, that's cool. Because other, otherwise, they all just would have been, like, lost the time. So that's Jer- Jerry Thomas is the guy that is the reason why we drink cocktails? I think so, yeah. Okay. And and, and Blake Middleton, the reason why we take bath salts. And uh, David Wondrix wrote, uh, like, a biography about him and, like, lists and, like, tells you how to make all the drinks that he makes in his Bon Voyance companion book that he released. That's cool. The Death and yeah, Co. books are really cool, too. They, they, they started... They're like a bar in New York. I think they have locations in LA and Denver now too, but there's some really cool recipes in those books. I have a totally unrelated question that if you don't have an answer to, that's totally fine. Do you have any thoughts on the David Milch TV series, John from Cincinnati? No. What is that? (laughs) It's just a TV show from like 2006 that was only on for one season. 2006 was a great time for TV and movies. I was. Yeah. That's, that's, you had rom-coms. Yeah. Don't we have don't have rom-coms, rom-coms anymore. anymore. I want you back is now. That's a good rom-com. Yeah, have you seen this? I want you back movie. It's on Amazon Prime. No, I'll have to watch it though. Is it a new rom-com or old? Yeah, it's 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 a Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Jenny. Scott. Oh shit! Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. It's pretty it's, good. It's really funny. Yeah, I'll check it out. Rom-com is back, baby. What's y'all's favorite rom-com? It could happen oh, to you shit. with Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda. I haven't seen that. Fuck. I'm like it's acting great. like I love rom-coms when I haven't, I haven't seen a Nick Cage. You can love rom-coms and not have seen that movie. It's I fine. Don't, you know, I uh, uh, like I probably like, you know, like say anything is a classic rom-com. I'll go with that one. Gar- is Garden State a rom-com? Yeah. Rom-drom? Yeah, yeah. Rom-drom, yeah. Rom-com. Rom-drom. I like rom-droms less than <laughs> rom-coms, I think. Is that a new term or is that... No, I, th- I mean, I think people just are out there. There's also, like, when um, Warm Bodies came out, that, like, rom-com with zombies. They called it, like, a zom-rom-com or rom-zom-com. Like, people just, like, rom-com. I, yeah. like th- yeah, I feel like that one's a little too cute for It's me. a little too cute. But rom-drom I like. Hmm. Speaking of movies, I, I don't know if – one thing that we do when we cover a book is we, we talk about if we could adapt it into a movie. 
and who we would picture it. And like, it, it always turns out insane because like the ages never line up and just kind of like no rules, anything goes. But in thinking about college novel, if I think it's, I think it could pretty easily be adapted into a movie. Do you have any idea of who you would picture as these characters or are you just sort of, or are you too close? Like you're just kind of picturing people, you know, as you're writing these characters. No, I've thought about this a lot. And I think that Zach Braff should play every single character. <laughs> Yeah, I want, I want Zach Braff delivering lines about Zach Braff. Like Eddie Murphy does that shit. Zach Braff could probably do it too. Here's a quote about Zach <laughs> Equal Braff. Equal talents. My Zach favorite, Braff and Eddie Murphy. My favorite Zach Braff quote from the book is, my mom is Zach Braff and so am I, Eric said. She's big Zach Braff and I'm little Zach Braff. So, I mean, all these characters could just, could just be played by Zach Braff. Like it's being John Malkovich, but it's being Zach Braff in college novel. I think that's a great idea. I think like, isn't, I feel like Zach Braff is like re- directing movies about like old men knocking over casinos now. Going in style is that that one? I, th- I, th- I think so. I think that's like his thing. He, he's he's like a director of for hire now. He was in a Super Bowl commercial. That's right. Yeah, with uh, uh, the other guy from Scrubs. How much do you think he got paid for that? Oh, no? a lot of money. A million dollars, probably. So we can't we can't offer him that much money for the for the college novel adaptation. Well, it'd be like a passion project. Yeah, he would. I think he comes to you. He's like Blake. I love this novel. I want to adapt it and direct it and be in every role. Will you please give me your blessing? <laughs> He could use the clout, like uh, like like Zach Braff should. People like Zach Braff. Zach have, Braff, he uh, honestly needs to like redeem himself. Yeah, like he was at one time pretty loved, and like if he wants, if he if he wants clout, like a cool thing for him to do would be to pick up an alternative literature novel and and adapt it, and like and and he would be the toast of. Uh, the literary scene in Brooklyn, which is all anyone really wants anyway. Just go to Kendall Jenner's Instagram, see what she's reading, adapt that. Yeah. No, there's so many better, uh, like, <laughs> independent literature books you can choose, though. And plus, he's old, you know? I don't know if he can be in a, in a college. Well, we can, we can, we can de-age him. Who's today's Zach Braff? Who's the Zach Braff of today? Zach Braff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's not dead. I know, that's true. Uh, yeah, unless we, yeah, no, we're not going to kill Zach Braff. No. You mean like someone that's like, was Zach Braff relevant? Or did people care about Garden State when it first came out? Yeah, for sure. He's not, so you're saying like at the top of their game, because he's not at the top of his game anymore. He was also a star of a huge sitcom at the time. Yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot about Scrubs. Right? So you've got like, uh, who, who, who is, uh, uh, I don't even know who's on a sitcom now. I, I don't watch sitcoms anymore, really. I don't know if they make sitcoms anymore. I don't think they make sitcoms like Scrubs anymore. Well, what's his name? The the, the guy that did Scrubs is, does Ted Lasso. So is Jason Sudeikis the t- Zach Braff sure. of today? Yeah, they're like the same age though. So yeah, it doesn't really that's doesn't really track. What's a sitcom that's? Can y'all name one sitcom that's? Uh, young sitcom? Sheldon. <laughs> oh, Young Sheldon that, is a sitcom. <laughs> Single. I hate female. that fucking guy. Who who the kid in Young Sheldon? Or Sheldon. Old Sheldon. Oh, um, oh, okay. Ad- ad- adult Sheldon. Them. Yeah, fuck both of them. Fuck that, like, 10-year-old kid. I really don't like that guy. Or I don't like the show. Yeah, no, it's not funny. I don't know if I've ever seen the show, but I I know I don't like it. No, yeah, I can I can confirm that it's not a funny All show. All right, I'm Googling best sitcoms 2022. WandaVision comes up. That, yeah, that's nope, a, no, it's there not are no sitcom. sitcoms. It doesn't exist. Zach Braff killed the sitcom when he left Scrubs. They said we can't do anything better. Is Scrubs a sitcom? Is there a laugh track in Scrubs? I don't. There's not a laugh track in Scrubs, but is that... In my mind, that's know, what that, like makes a sitcom, but I don't know. That's how we define what a sitcom is. Because I no, think, like, no, you guys can define sitcom. sitcoms however you want, but that's just what I thought it was. Yeah, 
I think that's fair. That's definitely like defines an era of sitcom. Yes. Screen Rant says the number one sitcom from last year was only Murders in the Building, which I would not call. Yeah, it's not a sitcom either. It's not even funny, really. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I've been watching Seinfeld. Me too, for the first time. I saw it when I was a kid, but man, that show rocks. It's really, really good. Bob's never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I love George. Hell of a guy. George is great. Kramer's great. Kramer's great. great. Jerry's kind of the worst, right? Um, no, he's necessary. Rank, rank your he's Seinfelds. Good. George. Who's your least favorite of the four? Probably okay, Jerry, yeah, but I still like Jerry, though. Jerry grows on you. Jerry wrote the show, so he has to be in it, right? Yeah, I guess so. I'm not, I, I don't... The worst I, part I of that show is the comedy at the beginning and the end of it. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody thinks that. You, even, you, I, I, even as someone who, who doesn't, who's never really watched Seinfeld, I'm aware that, like, the comedy... Is it, suppo- is it supposed to be funny, though? It's for sure supposed to be funny. It's, yeah. yeah. By like season seven or eight, they replace it with like sketches kind of, not sketches, but they're like little bonus, like bumpers that real, our friend who's watching is sort of along with me. He's seen it a bunch, but like they always got cut off in syndication. So like he's seen these episodes a bunch of times, but he's never seen the intro or the outro because like they just get lost for commercials. So like there's new Seinfeld out there for him, which is kind of, I guess, exciting. And it's better than the stand-up comedy, which is just like terrible. That's so insane because the rest of the show is so funny. I know. I've never watched his. I've never watched his like Jerry Seinfeld stand-up either. If you have fond fond memories and thoughts and well wishes about the show Seinfeld, I think just leave it there. Don't go further. Don't dig that rabbit hole. I was yeah. I wasn't even considering watching his new stand-up. <laughs> just watch. I want you back on Amazon Prime <laughs> and cocktail and cocktail. Yeah. Let us know what you think. I'm gonna watch cocktail but, for sure. I mean, you're in the life. It's like if you're like a if you're a long haul trucker, are you not going to watch a movie about long haul truckers? Of course you are. If you're if you're a bartender, you're going to watch cocktail. That's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to watch cocktail for sure. You, you're also going to be like parts of it are going to make you furious because you're just going to be like, that's not how it is in real life. Yep. Yeah, it's Hollywood, baby. You know, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby, in the '80s. So like, it's a whole different ball game. It's like yeah. 40 years old. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. I also think I, this is going to be a spoiler for. Now you know what I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you. Let's just. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you watch it and enjoy, and then get back to us with how you feel about the film Cocktail. Yeah, I'm excited. Do I have to pay for it, or is it free? I'll I'll let you know right now. Hold on. No, you don't have to pull that up. That's that's no one's going to want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not streamable for free anybody. You can rent it for three bucks, though. Okay. Now every, everyone should watch this. So the money you got from me buying college novel, you can then give to Tom Cruise for watching Cocktail. That's why I do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one book sale equals one movie rental. <laughs> no, my girlfriend pays for the movies because it's hooked up to her Amazon. Oh. Oh, go crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Rent it in HD. Go, go, <laughs> spring for HD. Let's pay, let's pay that extra dollar. No, I never paid extra thing. dollar. It's not worth it. That's fair. Uh, are there, and Joey? Do you have any questions left? No, thank you, Blake. This has been awesome. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, we'll we'll come down to Jacksonville and go to go to the bar and 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 have. No, some you won't. You guys aren't coming down to Jack. You both live in Jersey. Yeah, I went to yeah. a horse track in New Jersey like four or five years ago, and there was this lady there. She's just like. You know, I'm from Jacksonville. I go to eight Jaguars games a year. I come up and I fly to. I'm just like, why are you here? Like, what is? But Florida woman, I guess, going in a horse track in New Jersey, talking about the Jaguars. I don't know why she's talking to us about the Jaguars, but she was. So, but look, if if I'm ever if I'm ever in Jacksonville, I will go to. Your <laughs> oh, you've changed your tune. Before you guys were coming down here just saying out with me. Now you're like, if we ever happen to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Blake, if we have an invite, we will be down what there is, this summer. When it's 110 the, degrees, we will be down how, there. How much, how much does a flight run from here to Jackson? Probably 80 bucks. 80 bucks? Dude, okay. 
Blake, if I if I can find a way to kennel the dogs and uh, I'll 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 go down to Jacksonville. That's a promise. You're lying. Maybe one day though. And well, if, you, if anything, if anything, I'll be back up in New York soon. Okay, yeah. Hit that's us up. Probably, we'll we'll, we'll go. We'll go to a reading. Get yourself a uh, uh, write yourself a uh, cocktail novel, and we'll uh, we'll read it. It's happening. Give me like give me like five or six years. Five, yeah, fine. Five or six years. Yeah, I need a break. I think I I, I need a little break. <laughs> you right, can so fair. you can get a flight from Newark to Jacksonville for ninety eight bucks. No shit. Round trip. Uh, that's like only Is like that three Spirit trips Airlines on that slingshot thing. That's that's a United baby. That's a legitimate real airline. No, sort of. I don't fly United. United. Also sucks. Wait, no, Delta or United. Our flight into New York last time got delayed like five hours, and we were supposed to read at KGB that night, and we had to Uber straight from the airport to um, KGB bar with like all our luggage and shit. Damn. Yeah, that's only like a two and a half hour flight or something. My me and my brother were flying out. And he was just like he had to treat me like I was a little baby because I was like freaking out. <laughs> he was like, "Do you want to draw on the iPad?" I love it. Well, thank you so much, Blake. Thank you guys for having me. Then we're back. Do you remember? Do you remember that? You doing that? No, that's a. So Jimmy Fallon sketch on Saturday Night Live. Oh no, I don't. Well, I, I think I know. I think you've done that on this <laughs> podcast before. <laughs> yeah, I love that Jimmy Fallon. I love quoting Jimmy Fallon. Who do you like more, Jimmy Fallon or remember, Zach Graff? Remember the Bloater Brothers? No. Do you remember them? Do you no. remember uh, uh, who are Jimmy Jimmy Fallon's other big characters from SNL? Uh, so yeah, college novel, another shorty, back to back shorties with Sweet Days of Discipline, yeah. Gloria Yegi, and yeah. now college novel. Sounds like my life. Back to back shorties. Back to back shorties. That's pathetic. Cut cut that shit out. Nope. <laughs> don't don't keep that in there. Keep it in. Uh, you're my enemy, and I'm gonna kill you one day. We talked about it in the interview, but what I really liked is there. Number one, very very funny. I think it's a very very funny book. Yeah, I agree. Number two, and we'll get to Egg's email. I think it's also fair to say, like we talked about in the last episode, there's not a lot that happens in this, but. I, and I texted this to you. I'm glad that you prepared me sort of in two ways. Number one, you said to me before we started reading it, you think it's similar in like the lack of plot sort of yeah. to Sweet Days of Discipline. But the other, the other way you prepared me is that I read a book by Tao Lin, mm-hmm. which you had me read last year or two years which ago. Which one was it? Was it Richard Yates? Yeah, that's the one with uh, Haley Joel Osment yeah, yeah. and Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. This style, this structure is very similar, and so I was prepared for something that was not going to be necessarily plot-driven and also familiar with, like, the type of literature that it was. And so I think both of those – what we were talking about in the last episode, which I think was a good episode, Mm -hmm. about having the foundation to sort of knowing things and, like, being willing to explore other things, I think I had the appropriate footing to, like, appreciate this more – than if I just went into it blind. Yeah, I think there's like definitely a uh, a continuum of of authors from from this era that like I think typically gets categorized as quote alt lit, which is a term that like once I feel like once you label something, people start rejecting it and moving against it. Like there's there were like all those mumblecore filmmakers like 15, 20 years ago, and and like as soon as people were like it's mumblecore, everyone started being like I'm not a part of that 
movement. I, I found the new I found the new Mumblecore director recently, and I was because I saw like a poster art, and I was like, "That's a cool, that's really cool poster art." And I clicked on him, and all of his posters are the same aesthetic, and I'm just like, "Don't like this guy anymore." <laughs> Never have seen a single one of his movies, and I'm just like, "That's a cool poster." And then it was like 15 with the same thing. I'm sure it's also probably 15 variations of the same movie. I was like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah. So let me let me continue with that with that thought. Yeah. Um, sorry. Which is that Altlet um, people, uh, Tao Lin, uh, Megan Boyle. Um, Darcy Wilder? Uh, maybe, yeah, sure. Uh, she's not really doing what I'm talking about here, though, which is this sort of, like, flat, disaffected tone that, um, like, a de- like a, a sort of entire novel full of, like, deadpan delivery. Do you want to watch right? Scrubs? He turned on the TV. We watched Scrubs. We watched Scrubs. I, yeah, I guess so. But, like, like um... That's a bad example. That's why I'm not a writer. Yeah, but what's more important is that I've lost my train of thought now. Yes. <laughs> you've you've absolutely fucked me on this one, and it's the last time, Joey. No, so there's like a, a disaffected tonal thing that that exists within within a place of plotlessness, but also like surreal thoughts vocalized, yes. and, and 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 among pop culture references and things like that. I think that I've read in the past someone like Tao Lin as being. Uh, nihilistic because of how flat a lot of that prose is. What I think is different here is that the prose ultimately ends up not being that flat because we have in this book a traditional climax, right? I, th- I think they're like when we talk about somewhat, I would say somewhat, in, in, yeah, in a book. Like I think something happens here, and it is. Uh, it is a culmination of the emotional relationships of the character. The danger has been foreshadowed by uh, a character that was introduced much earlier through multiple uh, things like him uh, being a guy that has a gun, him being a guy that uh, uh, we know is kind of jealous. Um, and when it happens, it is shocking, largely because in a novel like this, we don't necessarily expect something like that to happen because we think of it as a novel where nothing happens. Right. Right. Like I did not love Richard Yates. I found that kind of difficult. Like I'm glad I read it for multiple reasons. Yeah. I'm also glad I read it to prepare me for this. I did not really care for it. I did not connect with it. I did not like those characters. This felt like to a certain extent hanging out with the friend the people I'm friends with. It's a much more fun novel. And also you're you, also I think you're predisposed and we've talked about this because we did an entire episode about uh Richard Linklater's um Everybody wants some, like the the idea of the hangout movie or the hangout yeah. novel. Uh, we talked about it with Don DeLillo's End Zone, is something that um, you know we're both we're both fans of, and this is a hangout novel. What I liked about this, because again, I think it's, I don't think it's unfair whether you're commending or just commenting or criticizing to say that like Sweet Days of Discipline, not a lot happens in either one of these. But what I think what made this more palatable to my sensibilities specifically is it's dialogue-driven rather than thought-driven. Yeah. And so the dialogue makes it fly. Like, there's the Your Fathers, Where Are They, What Have They Done, the right. Dave Eggers book, which is a hundred, literally 100% dialogue. Yeah, it's like a play. There's Yeah, there's there's literally no... There's nothing that's, I think, written, maybe until the very end or whatever. But because of that, it flies through because it just feels breezy. And so, like, there's some stuff here that's not dialogue. Like, the end, like, the last, like paragraph is like probably a four or five pages long and it's like a single like expl- explanation of what's going on but most of this is just dialogue of them like saying kind of dumb shit to each other and it's funny yeah it's it's uh also typical of a college experience this is sort of like what my college experience was like and there's not a lot of college i mean i think that's what's interesting it's not there's not school 
Yeah, there's almost none. There's graduation, and that's really it. And nobody. And they kept it really the early. They're like, we don't want to be here. Yeah, which is how everyone feels about graduation. Yeah. But nobody uh, seems to enjoy. No one seems to go to class. No one seems to talk about school. Nothing like that. No, which is cool. Like I think, I don't know if this was intentional or accidental or just like a happy accident, but I feel like not only did you vary the type of mm-hmm. things we're reading and the difficulty and like you know both in whatever, but also like intentional or not, the what they're covering. Like this is like not like it's it's a campus novel, but it's not really, but it's still like it fits. Like it's it makes sense in the theme, but it's also like this isn't we have not got, seen this before really this season. Yeah. Um, this semester. In the interview, uh, which you've listened to by now, because it started the episode, right? That's how... Yeah, unless you skip forward, but yeah. Um, Don't skip forward. Go back. <laughs> yeah, rewind. Um, in, in, in the interview, I asked Blake if he thought of himself as a regional novelist, because I, 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 you know, we talked a little bit about, or uh, uh, I put forth ideas about, like, the national identity of Florida, which is tied up in these ideas of... I think, like, central Florida gets talked about with regards to, like, things like rural poverty and swamps and high humidity and sort of rednecks, hillbillies. Sure. And then and then the other Florida identity is, um, you know, the spring break destination. Yeah. Right? And and that's not— just two very different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but it's also—and it, and it's not what's happening in, in, this, in this book, um, even though what this book has in common with those things is— drug use and and um you know the same kinds of drama that happens in both in sure. both of those ends so it is tied to that florida identity what excuses it from what excuses it from that i don't mean excuses it from that 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 makes it sound like i'm being classist or or something like that i don't i don't mean to be um but is that like when we when we look at these characters we see uh a future right because it's a college novel because okay. because college is in the title uh, these people are loaded with potential. Sure. They're like, like there's this forward thinking idea that they're going to become something or that they're like, this is a stop in their life and they're doing this in the meantime. And in the meantime, they're using all these drugs and they're having casual sex, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so like that's excused from Florida identity and that's excused from this like typical idea of, of whatever kind of, uh, negative view that we we have of this place and that we were both talking as we were reading the novel about what we could pair with this right and we both had things that i think work really well in i recommend the never going back and you said like a link later thing like slacker for instance right but both those are actually i don't know if you said slacker but like early link later you just said early link later maybe i did yeah and i was also thinking specifically because of the time in which this is set where trump is about to get elected they're talking about jeb bush I was thinking this on the way, yeah, Red, Red Rocket. Red Rocket. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that today. But the crazy thing yeah. is Never Going Back and Slacker, which maybe I just applied. You, I, you said early Linklater or whatever, but like I just thought Slacker, yeah. and Red Rocket are all Texas. And so I think that there is something universal. Like you were asking about the, being a regional writer and like a regional story or whatever, but like the Slacker, apathy, apathetic, trying to get by, sort of dirtbag, but lovable, like lovable dirtbag. Yeah exists everywhere also apparently specifically texas i mean it's also that is specific like i uh relate to that this is something that i've talked about in the in in our in our group chat before and i should have brought it up during our 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 conversation during the interview about seinfeld which is that i don't watch i don't relate to seinfeld 
But I do relate really heavily to Always Sunny in Philadelphia because Seinfeld is upper class or, or upper middle class. And Always Sunny is like white trash. And like I, I relate much more closely to this idea of white trash because it's just like that's my level of class. That's like yeah. my, my income level is is among that. Well, I think that like there's something about where like I am. I'm not calling the characters in Blake's in Blake's novel white trash, though. That's not. No, but I think that there's something like I'm not sober, but like I'm much closer to straight edge than sober. Right. Like I've, I've done very few it, it, like Hi, Mom. Um, Does your mom listen to this? No, definitely not. But, like, you know, I, I don't do drugs. But, like, I am friends with people who have done, like, lots of drugs. There's a, there's, there's a jag light right now. <laughs> I still relate to this level of, like, seemingly have money. Although there is a really funny, very, very funny thing that I... I didn't want to keep, like, quoting him to him. Like, I read the one line because it made sense or whatever. But there's a very funny thing where, like, it seems like these people have access to money. Like, if they wanted to ask their parents for money, they would have money. But they're also just trying to get by because, like, they're just broke college Well, it's also – it's a time in your life when being that level of broke is okay. Like, I remember being in college and and having this styrofoam cup next to my bed that I would put change in. And then, like, I would walk to the bodega and buy ramen with that change. And, like, that's what I would eat for the day. And it was okay. I never felt like – if, if that happened to me now, I would be terrified because right. I have, like, like my life would fall apart. I remember, like, I got a checking account right before I went to college. Mm-hmm. And I remember having, like, $12 and being like, oh, that's just that's fine. Like, that's just, you know, that's just what I have in my bank account. Yeah. I, there, and if I had $12 now, I'd be like, oh, no. There was a real, like, sense of, uh, in the area where I lived, I was like, let's go look for the ATM that lets you take things out by 10s, not 20s, because I don't have $20 in right. my account. I don't remember what this is in reference to, but there's a there's a line in the book that I highlighted. I don't want to pay dollars to be bad at something. Eric said, "I don't have many dollars," and I just think that's funny. Just like, like, like Eric, they don't they don't connote that they're poor or that yeah. they're lacking for things. But college kids, but just like, I don't want to go be bad at something. I'm like, I'd rather spend yeah. my dollars on like literally anything else. Yeah, I just thought that was very funny. Just yeah, also for, just, for the level of broke they are, they afford a lot of drugs and alcohol. Well, it seems like that's what they want to spend their money on. Yeah, which right? is what you spend your money on in college a sure. lot of the time. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the ending where it's the well, it's the typical or not the which, how do you describe it like the climax and a normal I think it's almost climax? a traditional climax. Uh but I I will say that um I don't know I I don't think that this is a flaw in the book necessarily because it's not it's it's not what the book is going for. There I I I have a difficult time distinguishing the characters from one another. Yes. Like the names are are like uh, placeholders, but you can just interchange them for the most part. And also, like it kind of starts out as like Eric and Jordan hanging out as friends, and then mm-hmm. like Eric goes away and it becomes a Jordan and Abby book. Yeah, but Jordan and someone else before Abby. Well, Eric and Jordan, and then Eric. Oh, yeah, the other girl. Yeah, who who when he is at the graduation, the person comes up and is like, "Yo, what's your girl? Your girl Abby?" And then the and then the other girl is just like, "You just broke up with me." And yeah, that's pretty sad. I don't know if it's interesting, but, like, I think it Jordan sort of emerges as, like, an unexpected central character. Like, you don't, like, I don't think it's, like, set in his, maybe, is it set in his perspective? It's just, like, it's just, like, no, oh, we're going to follow no, this path it's, now. it's not set in his perspective, but when we were having, I, I, I hesitate to ever associate narrator or, or protagonist with author. Okay. Right? But because in the interview... Blake said specifically, like, yeah, this is mostly just, like, there's some made-up stuff in there, but I was just, like, transcribing things and 
you know, this is a lot of stuff happened. Like my assumption at that point was that Jordan was Blake. Sure. Right. Cause you're, if, if you're writing a book, then you're writing from the perspective of the main character probably. So the ending then the very scary harrowing ending. Yeah. Didn't directly have, well, it kind of happened to him, but also more seemingly more directly happened to his girlfriend at the time. Oh, I, yeah. Again, again I, that may have, I, I don't want to uh, put words in Blake's mouth and say that. Blake, I know you're listening. This is Bob saying this is what happened to you. <laughs> no, I, I, I specifically don't want to say that that's like something that happened for real in the book and is true. There are a million ways to exaggerate circumstances or to for or, sure. or to, con- to or to take borrow other people's stories and put them. You know, you could also like say like, yeah, I just hung around and like did drugs with my friends and watched Scrubs, and then like think of like a very scary thing that could have happened that didn't happen, or like you heard from your friends yeah. and just like combined stories, right? So yeah, I have a million stories like that that I could you know of of scary things that happen to friends, scary things that happen to me that I could yeah insert. So what's the scary thing that happens? So the ex roommate, ex boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend of Abby, uh, with whom... Who has uh, a gun, who's established has a gun. Has a gun, took it into a movie theater, is like a gun guy, is is someone who is like a physical threat, right? Which is another thing that um, this book is doing, which is that it undermines the, the tension of, of, you know, quote-unquote Chekhov's gun. Like, a gun is introduced, and then specifically that gun does not go off, right? You think that it's going to end violently, but it does not end violently. Yeah, so Jordan and Abby have sex, and he goes to the bathroom. And they're just, like, around. Like, they're just, like, you know, in his apartment or whatever. And then, what's the gun guy's name? Daniel. Daniel shows up, and Jordan's in the bathroom. He's just like, uh, I'm in here, man. I got. I can't I can't come out now. Yeah, take a shower. I'm going to take a shower. Take I just really take a shower, man. Shower. And, like, while he's there... Which is a hilarious way to avoid confrontation. Just be like, I'm in the shower, man. I can't, I can't deal with this. I'm in the shower. It's also remarkably shitty when you know that your girlfriend is naked out there and her ex-boyfriend who is like a sort of a madman dangerous person at least is there yeah i guess so we're not yeah this is not a book where we're asked to like morally be on the side of any character really he apparently picks her up like the baby jesus like while she's naked in his bed in in jordan's bed daniel just goes in and just picks her up she's sleeping and he goes in and picks her up which is like a very frightening thing to happen yeah, and it seems like he just like kind of puts her down, like leaves or whatever, right? Like it, that's, that, like there's not that that's not nothing, but like it could have ended a lot worse, and it doesn't. Yeah, she lives to tell the tale. She is not assaulted. She is not killed. She is not raped. But like what I kept thinking, I, the, the part directly after that, I think is probably the best writing in the whole book, because it is you know the the very end when they're driving away, and they're just like going back and forth, and they keep just going like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, he picked me up like. Like the baby Jesus, I picked me up when I was naked, and and they're like interrupting each other, and he's like, "Yeah, that was scary," and she's like, "Scary for you," and he's and he's just like, "No, it was. I I know that it was scary for you, but it." And there's like this interplay and conversation that plays out like exactly how I imagine that that type of conversation would play out in real yeah. life. Yeah, I mean, exactly like the you know, I've never been in that circumstance, but I've been in circumstances. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Circumstances, and that's you know. Uh, how how it plays out. Well, I think it tracks because I think the whole novel is very realistic in that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh and I can't I can't overstate how funny it is. There's lots of like uh uh great interplay and uh pop culture references and and you know really funny one-liners. Oh, I also wanted to ask Blake about the PB&J tacos. Yeah, that shit sounds disgusting. Uh, it sounds great. Like I I I don't know that I would eat it, but <laughs> Like, I always have tortillas in my fridge because yeah. I either have tacos or whatever. And so, like, 
sometimes instead of having a salad, I'll just put like the greens and the chicken and everything in there and just have a wrap. Or I'll put like, I'll just make something like a quesadilla. Because it's just like, instead of having bread, I just have tortillas. I've never done a PB&J, but I, I'm i going to. I also feel like either you either need like so much peanut butter and jelly, or it's not like a taco. It's like a quesadilla. It's just like a thin, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it would be a quesadilla probably. Can you imagine like if it's like taco, like a burrito size, but just like, Pe- like two inches oh of peanut God, butter. That's disgusting. I I can't even. I mean, I don't. I I yeah. I never put jelly on anything anyway. But the PB and J tacos thing, over and over again. I was like, that definitely sounds like a poverty meal. Um, I've made things similar to that that aren't that specifically. But I don't PB and J taco. No thanks. I feel like I get drunk on nine eleven every year. You're a patriot, Olivia said. <laughs> like they're just like dumb things that I think are very very funny. A couple things about Juggalo. Kanye West had a baby today, Jordan said. I tried to get a Twitter handle at St. West, but somebody already got it. I was going to sell the handle and drop out of college and never worry about money again. Like, how much money do you think you would get from that? Like, probably five grand? Wait, did you know about, did you hear about this thing with Elon's flight tracker? No. So this kid realized that every one of, every flight everywhere is documented, like, takeoff and landing. So he figured out what plane number Elon is, and he just started tweeting every time Elon's plane took off and landed. He just tweeted it out. And just, like, Elon was in the air for 45 Good. minutes. He went from here to here, whatever. There's surveillance on that dude. And Elon was like, ha, 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 here's five grand, stop it. And he's kid's like, no, 25 grand. And Elon said no, and then Elon blocked him because Elon's a bitch. But, like... <laughs> The kid just like, and now he's like, he just, he expanded to like, I, now I'm doing Richard Branson. Just like, it just, he's just tracking the rich and famous who like jets out around the world and like hurt the environment. Just I, I wouldn't stop for five grand either. If Elon offered me five grand, I would tell him to go fuck himself. You don't take anybody's first offer. Uh, also, also like I could, uh, I could obviously use five grand, but like five grand is nothing to him. Yeah. I, I, if, if he really wants me to stop, give me, you know, oh, a sh- real amount of money. Oh, shit, Eric said. He opened a Miller High Life. Scrubs is on, and I'm living the high life. What a world. It's funny. Yeah. All right. Meg emailed. Meg's reaction to college novel. We have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. Blake, skip ahead 30 seconds. I did not vibe with this book. I think that Bobby might have liked it, so I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys have to say. Out of all the novels we've read that centered around ennui. Oh, Joey knows a word. Still read it NUI every time I see it. I think that this was the weakest of all of them. Parts of it reminded me of Pizza Girl, but it lacked the inner character relationships that made Pizza Girl so strong and good. I don't remember any of the characters. They're all Zach Braff. Nothing was memorable. Some parts were funny, but mostly just dumb things you say to your friends. <laughs> that's what, yeah. That's what I like about it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with Meg on that, but that's like, it's, it's just a, uh, that's just a difference in taste, I think. I think I would have liked this book if one, in all capital letters, one thing had happened to, in all capital letters, any of the characters. I dis- yeah, I, dis- I just disagree with that. as a. And I guess that's the point of the book, but still, overall, I did not like this novel. Well, okay, so I'm going to... Put her on blast. No, I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of what she's saying is, is legitimate and are just ta- issues of taste. I think my my uh, disagreement here is that I don't think it's a book about ennui. I, I like these characters are having fun. <laughs> I, I I don't think that they're, I don't think that there's a melancholia or a hopelessness at the center of anything. I think they're at like a stopgap place where they're like they're in a place in your life when you can do this sort of thing, and they're not self-destructive in a way that characters in like Rules of Attraction are, or characters in uh, the Bell Jar are. I don't think I don't think these characters are self-destructive in that way. So I don't. 
I don't think it's about ennui. I think it's about hanging out with friends and, and like, uh, getting fucked up and trying to get through life to a certain extent, right? You, you, well, like, yeah, relating your, um, connecting through relating whatever, uh, crass or poetic pop culture thought, joke, whatever you want goes in your head. And then also having sex with people, which is a great connector. But the sex in this novel is not uh, hopeless or mean-spirited the way that it is in something like Wheels of Attraction. Like the back half of this book, and like I understand that why Meg would say that she wanted things to happen or whatever, but like the back half of this book is just like basically a couple hanging out, doing drugs, listening to music, and having sex. Yeah. And not like detail, not real detail about any of those. You're just like, and then we had sex. And then like it cuts to the next thing. It's just like, and then we were listening to The Life of Pablo by Kanye West as we drove. Yeah. Talked about getting drugs. Yeah. What if it had ended with like 40, just like a 45 page fuck scene where it's just like his throbbing cock and <laughs> very purple prose? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it just like abandons all of the previous style and, and just like fully went in on it. I think that would be great <laughs> a bold choice just becomes porn i like the book um it's the is it the only book that i picked? have ever read N- yes. no no is it i i, I the, the track record for this podcast with books that are my first reads oh. are are uh it's pretty bad so you read the entire first season right it was only season yeah. two where you were like let's get daring with this and that quickly turned out to be prep so you had not read Prep, which you did not, neither of us which liked. I didn't like. Art of Fielding, you had read. Nickel Boys, you had read. Virgins, we'd both read. My Education, you did not read. And, and neither of us liked that. Yeah. Giles, you had read. End Zone, we both read and loved. Loner, you had read. Secret History, we both read and really liked. Sweet Days of Discipline, you had oh, not. Oh, no, I, I I liked Sweet Days. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, but but it's, uh, uh, yeah. Sweet Days and this are, are the two books that I... But this is the first time that you have picked a book... That neither of us have read, that we both liked. Yeah. But you've read real life. I haven't. Oh. You've read the instructions? I've read the instructions. The idiot? I haven't. Wow. We're, we're really yeah. new ground. It's why there's 15 this this uh, year, semester. This, this semester instead of 10. I am excited that whatever the theme is, we don't know the theme. Horny. I think it's for horny. I, no, I, I kind of know what the theme I know. is going to be. I, uh, we can, yeah, are we going to have another summit? I don't know if we're going to. We could. We had a lot of time in the instructions. You were not going to see each other for like six months while we read the instructions. Just kidding. It's not going to be that long. But I'm excited to figure out what noun we're going to call the season because this is semester. just organically became a semester. Yeah. You want to call Matt? No. They, what's the cover? I don't even know what the cover of this novel is. The cover's kind of cool. Uh, doesn't exactly translate to how we do art, but it's... It, I, think, I think it's too late for Matt. It's a cool cover. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's kind of fight clubby. You know what I mean? Like the whole like shadow figure sort of. Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe not Fight Clubby, but like how art has reflected Fight Club, if, if, if that makes sense. But there's yeah. like there's like faces in the face, like upside down. You see that? Like there's like yeah, yeah. a girl's face in the face. Can you tell me what press put this book out? Because I don't, I didn't write it down. He wrote it in it's Apocalypse Party. Is that a press? I guess so. I they're they're, they're not one that I've heard of um, before, but it's always good to shout out independent presses because this is also uh, a lot of the books that we do are not indie books. They're they're big five. Um, so it's good that this is uh, Apocalypse Party. Yeah. March 6, 2019. Yeah. So everybody go go out and buy this book. I think I got it for like a dollar ninety nine on Kindle. This is very inexpensive. 
I stole it. Just kidding. It's it's right now. It's two ninety nine on Kindle. Yeah, I think that's probably like around around what I paid for it. So just I paid two ninety nine. Just go in there and get it. You know, or rent cocktail and watch cocktail. Yeah, no, read this book instead of rent. I, I prefer the book to to cocktail the yeah. film starring Tom Cruise and who is the woman in that Elizabeth movie? Shue. Elizabeth Shue. I'm gonna spoil. Can I? You know, I did not spoil the sex scene, but like the memorable thing. Skip ahead if you don't want this. It's they're in a waterfall. It's great. Do I remember that movie correctly? In that someone cuts their throat with a broken bottle of wine or something? I I believe so. It gets it gets real dark. <laughs> so he, I think, is that the one or is that not the? No, that's the firm. I'm confusing with the firm. But I think cocktail. I think Elizabeth Shue gets knocked up, and it ends with like. I might be confusing early Tom Cruise movies. Tom Cruise hires some people to do a uh, to do a bootleg abortion. Should our BFE be cocktail? Oh man, I don't want to watch it again. I don't even like that movie. I think the first half is a lot of fun, and I think the second half is not as much fun. Yeah, um, it would kind of make sense, but we don't have to do it. That's fine. <laughs> Adaptation. We talked about it, and he just he Blake just said Zach Braff. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's uh, just kids. I, yeah, it's a mumblecore movie where, with you know you get get someone like uh, you know be good as Abby maybe not is what's her name Olivia Cook she's probably too old but like I can see her as Abby yeah she's college age but I, I again I would just yeah, I would just go to a town and hire a bunch of college kids and be like let's make this movie for porno money you know especially when the last forty five pages become <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to light this thing spend all this money on the on on the the gels for the last scene at lottery pod on twitter patreon.com slash lottery pod keep reading for whatever you do keep reading keep watching cocktail oh uh today's today's crime is driving without a license i think that was already a crime i they, they, uh, you know what was already a crime you you committing that for months me me mentioning uh uh i've said elder abuse twice at least as as a crime am i leaving this part in the podcast well, i don't care what do i care you already made me look like a fool earlier. Out the door, just in time. Head down the 405. Gotta meet the new boss by 8 a.m.